Hey everyone, it's Stuart here. Um, just giving you a little heads up, because I like you all. Um, I've broken my collarbone, so I can't, you know, do most of the things I like to do, including drinking and editing the podcast. So the next few episodes are going to be a little rougher than I'd like, just for the sheer fact that I can't really move my left arm. Uh, so apologies in advance, but, you know, hope you enjoy the episodes. Cheers. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of A Good Drop, where each week and every week we invite a hundred friends over and cook up a storm and serve them food flavoured with booze. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Today we are consuming meats. Meats that have been treated with alcohols. Oh, and vegetables that have been treated with alcohols too. Yes, it makes them more delicious and we'll tell you why after this. I'm Stu. I'm Michael. Cheers. Cheers. funny for the intro right yes that, that is correct. yeah that is anyway um we yeah basically cooked up a storm in the good drop office and made ourselves some lamb cutlets with some port wine sauce and some red wine caramelized onions and uh finished it with some limoncello on ice cream yes and you can actually see that if you look at the picture for oh, I, this episode i think we forgot the, the limoncello though we did. We did forget that. But <laughs> Might have to Photoshop that in. <laughs> but you can see the chops and you can see the onions. Mm. Tasty stuff. You can see how delicious it tastes. See the flavor. <laughs> see the flavor. It see was the flavor. really good, Taste guys. the rainbow. Um, cooking with booze. Sorry. We should actually uh, try and record or try and tell you guys what we're on about, what we're rabbiting on about. Because cooking with booze has been around for a very, very long time. Yes. And... Uh, there's a lot to it, a lot more than you'd think. And it's it's not the, the process of doing it. That can be something very simple, but it's mm. there's actual a lot there's actually a lot to how it works. Because the alcohol in alcoholic beverages, whether that beverage be wine, liquor, beer, it imparts flavor and improves flavor perception when used in cooking through both molecular bonding and by evaporation. So when you open a bottle of whiskey and smell the notes of the drink, that's the rapidly evaporating alcohol molecules carrying those aromas to your nose. And that exact thing occurring with the alcohol evaporating at speed is the reason why something like macerating peaches in wine or adding a dash of cherry liqueur to a fruit salad helps to boost the scent and enhance the enjoyment of the food. Mm, absolutely. It works best with smaller amounts of alcohol because if you add too much, you actually risk <laughs> overpowering the natural flavors. And that actually brings me very nicely to the molecular bonding part of why alcohol changes the flavor of things. Mm. Because... Alcohol bonds with fat and water molecules, and that lets it bridge the gap between our scent receptors 
responses to molecules that can be dissolved in fat and foods that consist largely of water. And uh, so since most flavor comes from smell rather than taste, Mm. when we can bond something to the water molecules or fat molecules in a food and that something then causes it to generate a greater aroma, it's going to taste better. Mm. And alcohol is really good at that. It is indeed. Mm. Um, so, right now, I think we need to uh, dispel the one of the common myths with alcohol and cooking. Because... I guess that well the myth is if you cook with alcohol it all the if you cook with booze all the alcohol all the ethanol evaporates with cooking mm, which with the is heating process just just not accurate at all not even close and so you you have anywhere from about 85% left to 5% left depending on how long you're cooking it for well not just how long you're cooking it for but what heat you're cooking it at and what sort of cookware you're cooking it in? Mm. So why why do we still have so much bo- so much ethanol left over, Mickle? Well, it's largely because of the, the same reason that we have a change in the smell and flavor of drinks based on the glass we put in the mid. It's how big and open is it, and how much can escape, and how much time does it have to do that? Mm. So. Ethanol evaporates at 78.3 degrees Celsius. And this is basically the pro- the whole reason distillation works. Um, they, they, they can boil off the ethanol before the, the water does and therefore end up with a stronger, stronger concentration of ethanol. But because in cooking we're not capturing that uh, boil off, the uh, water and... The water and ethanol boil off, but the ethanol boils off faster, reducing the overall alcohol percentage. Yeah, so if you put something in a baking dish with alcohol in it and you cook that for two and a half hours, the majority of that alcohol is going to be gone by the time you take it out of the oven. Mm, there's about should be about 5% left. 5% of what was there. If you cook with wine and it's only 12 or 13%, it's 5% of that. Yeah, but surprisingly, well, what would what surprised me and will probably surprise most of you is that how hot it is, if it's for a short time, doesn't really matter. Flambe leaves about 75% of the alcohol intact. Hmm. There you go. And uh, I suppose for anyone who doesn't know what flambe is, it's actually an excellent example of um, a use of alcohol in cooking that doesn't particularly enhance the flavor of the food at all it's <laughs> purely for presentation you cover usually a dessert in the alcohol of choice often brandy and then you set it alight, and it looks very impressive mm. and it makes a slight difference to the taste but it doesn't really soak in it doesn't really do much other than the crisping up the outside and looking really good there you go. It crispens up the outside, at least. Well, yes, a brief moment of flame on the outside of anything is going to cause it to yeah to crisp off to some extent. Yeah. But seventy five percent of the alcohol remains. So mm. what you end up doing is imparting 
quite a significant brandy flavour to whatever you've just flambéed. Which might be something you're looking for. Might be something you're looking for. Hmm. But um, another interesting way that alcohol is used in cooking that isn't actually to do with the food itself mm-hmm. is in teppanyaki. Oh, where yeah. before they even begin, once they've heated the pan, they take a base spirit and pour it onto the hot plate and set it alight and up it goes, which looks very impressive as the start of what is usually a show with going somewhere for teppanyaki. Oh, yeah. Teppanyaki is a show. Yeah. There's no two ways about it. But it also leaves a residue on the hot plate that shows the chef where the hottest parts of the hot plate are. Mm. Clever. Yeah. Hmm. There you go. Yeah, so now that we've covered the using alcohol in cooking but not in the food portions of <laughs> of cooking, let's go back to the using it in the food bit. Yeah. So I guess one of the most common ways of using it is just is what's called deglazing, where if you've got cooked, say, a hot steak or uh, or bacon in your in a fry pan, you add a little bit of wine to the pan and it uh, catches all the little bits of charcoal or little bits of food stuck to the pan, sw- swills them around and lets them stick back to the item you're cooking. Mm. And even if you don't have something else in the pan at the time, you can, of course, do that to make a sauce. Absolutely. And uh, that can be done without alcohol. You can do it with you know, a, a broth or juice or something. But the or even flavor, water. Yeah, or even water. But the, the flavor won't be as good as if you've done it with something alcoholic mm. because the alcohol helps to dissolve some of those molecules. Mm. And boiling at a lower temperature means that it's, uh, I guess, more aggressive in its um, picking up of stuff left over. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I guess in in picking up stuff left over and imparting flavors to things, I, it's, I suppose this is kind of a push as a segue, but that does bring <laughs> us in some forced way towards uh, marinating and brining. Mm. Where and and you mentioned it briefly earlier, where you leave something marinating in something for a long amount of time, and generally you don't use pure spirits. That's a that was an extreme case. Yeah, you just want to add spirits. I mean, <laughs> as little as a tablespoon mm. is enough to make a difference. Like if you make a marinade that consists of a number of herbs and other flavor enhancing ingredients and you add just a tablespoon of any alcohol to it, Mm. that will be enough to enhance the flavors and the way it affects the food. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, It it gets a little bit more... uh, You start using a little bit more when you're talking about sauces and or even uh, beef stock or stock in general, um, you can use up to a, a cup of red wine per litre of of water going in the stock. It sounds like quite a lot, really. Mm, it um, does, but red wine's not very alcoholic. No, and when you're making stock, you 
cooking it for like eight plus hours. Yeah, and of course, when when I'm talking a tablespoon, I'm talking a tablespoon of like a spirit, plain grain spirit. Yeah, like or even like a bourbon or vodka. Yeah, some, something with some strength to it. Mm. And uh, I, don't, the, I don't know if I've ever heard anyone cooking with Everclear because that's basically pure ethanol. Yeah, I don't think you'd want to. <laughs> I mean, maybe a drop or something. <laughs> like, what, what's the point? Mm. Um, but like sauces and stuff, though, you tend to use a little bit more. Um, the port wine sauce we made to go with lamb that I used about half a cup and ended up, because it reduced down so much, we only ended up with about uh, a quarter of a cup of sauce. Yeah. If, if that. And the uh, the way alcohol in marinades and brines works for enhancing the flavor of things is... Oh, I went way off topic, sorry. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> is that the, uh, the fat-soluble compounds in herbs and seasonings are helped by the alcohol in being absorbed into the meat. So while simultaneously carrying water-soluble flavors into the meat, because, of course... It can impart flavor to both water and fats. Mm. So, with food being mostly water, despite the fact that it doesn't appear to be, it's a really good way of, even if some, with something without fats, you can add to it. Mm. But, you know, if you're doing a brine or a marinade, or even if you're basting something, if you're basting a roast with alcohol or cooking a steak and using whiskey as i frequently do when i'm cooking steaks because you should on any decent kind of meat have a nice little layer of fat Mm. as that fat starts to heat and melt off it's going to mix in with the alcohol and the alcohol will then as well as helping to make that meat moister and juicier just by the fact that it's a liquid that you've added into the mix and it's going to get itself into the waters of that meat, it's also going to add to the fat and help to enhance the flavors in that way. Mm. It's cool, cool stuff. Like it, um, it really starts to shine when you're uh, using sweet wines or sweet liqueurs with um, in your sauces or in your desserts, like your limoncello on ice cream. Um, well, sort of, not, but not really. That's just pouring it over ice cream straight yeah. out of the freezer. Yeah. Um, so obviously anything with a lot of sugar in it is going to caramelize. <laughs> I mentioned limoncello and you've got to finish it off. <laughs> yes, so it does lead to... Because I mean, naturally, if you just want to enhance the flavors of a marinade or something, mm. you're going to want to use a plain grain alcohol mm. like vodka. But as you mentioned, using something that has a very distinct flavor of its own... Bourbon, limoncello, will, basically anything. Yeah, will impart that flavor mm. into what you're cooking, which is where it's important to make sure that you choose to use an alcohol that has flavors that will complement the flavors of the food you're preparing. Mm, absolutely. And it's also why a lot of chefs, if they've cooked a food using a certain alcohol, 
will then not allow people who buy that food to consume that same drink with the meal. Mm. Because they don't want the flavors to clash. Yeah, or be hidden because they're drinking that same drink. Yeah. Um, it's also why you'll see... I don't know how popular this is in America, but definitely it, with Australian barbecues, you'll see the guy who's cooking. Generally, it's a guy cooking on the barbecue. They'll they'll be drinking beer while they're cooking on the barbecue, while they're barbecuing, and they'll have a swig and then pour some over the steak that's on the barbie and then have another swig and then pour some more because Australians are basically alcoholics. <laughs> no, no, they're Australian. <laughs> Australian. Almost there. Almost there. But yes, it's... Because beer is a fantastic all-rounder sort of thing. I... Yeah, I, I tend to choose spirits for steak and beer for sausages and onions. Well, but they, they generally get barbecued too. Yeah, well, that's right. They, hmm. they do indeed. But if you're barbecuing a steak, it looks much more impressive when you use whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because of the higher alcohol content, it catches. It does. Whom. So then you get that nice crispy... That that caramelized outside yeah, that you were talking about outside earlier. Outside where where people look at it and they see a bit of black and they're like, is this burnt? And then they eat it like, oh, it's not. <laughs> you're flambeing that steak. Mm, that's not charcoal. Not yet. Only if you're not paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um we were sort of talking I was sort of talking about caramelizing, like sweet alcohols caramelizing um when you start cooking them because the sugars start to burn. Yeah, which is very important. And it's one of the reasons why if you cook onions with beer at a high temperature for a long time, they will brown and soften Mm. really well. Well, the softening would be a factor of heat and time, not necessarily... Well, heat and time, but also the addition of the... The moisture and the browning is definitely... Because they brown in a different way to if you just put them under heat for a prolonged oh. period of time. Oh, for sure. And the uh, caramelized onions that I made for the photo, they uh, caramelized because of the red wine that was in them. And, of course, the extra sugar that I, that I added. Um, so that the soft, the syrupy, the it's like a sweet red wine with onions, and it's fantastic. Very very tasty. I can definitely recommend. I'll um I'll put all the things that we made in the photo, in the show notes. If you guys are curious. Yes, that's a good idea. We are not a cooking show, but we are today making recommendations about cooking. Hmm. Only because it's booze related. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> because cooking with alcohol makes food better. Hmm. Literally, scientifically. Well, I'm sure there's. Um, mistakes made along the lines, but that's mostly from uh, poor cooking choices rather than the alcohol itself. Yes. I mean, naturally, there was a point in cooking the lamb chops where large flames ensued and the smoke detector went off. Yeah. Though that was more in deglazing the pan than Mm. the actual cooking of the chops themselves. Yeah, very impressive, but smoke alarm. Yeah, and... (laughs) If you are going to deglaze a pan, remember what it takes 
to put out a pan if you can't get it back under wraps. Mm. But it should be fine. Like with ethanol, it burns very quickly. Yeah, generally it'll just go out all by itself. But Mm. if you've got food in the pan when you choose to do it and the food catches... I guess first thing is to... Well, we should actually probably say um, what the method is because I... You know, I've worked in a commercial kitchen. They teach you this stuff. Um, so the the first, I guess the first uh, process, first thing you should be doing if you can't, if you can't put the flame out, or if you decide that the flame is too much, first thing to do is turn the gas off. Turn the heat source off. And yes, and. Uh then, even though it may seem like a not particularly clever thing to do, if you've got a tea towel on hand, toss it straight over the top of the pan. Mm. If it's damp, even better. Um, but obviously, if it's going to set your kitchen alight, put the put a dry tea towel on because that'll work just as well. The, the whole point being, it smothers the flame and a flame that can't breathe can't combust. Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously, if you haven't turned the heat off first, you're just going to catch your tea towel on fire. Yeah. <laughs> so do do be sure to turn the heat off first. That's the first thing you should be doing. Yes. Yeah. Then tea towel. Because there's some people who go, I'll put flour on it. or Oh, no, put, flour's But no, flour just idea. goes up. Because it's a powder. Yeah, flour is immensely flammable. Mm. Uh, water is also a very bad idea because generally it's the oil that's catching on fire and the ethanol will be a part of that too. It's boiling, it's picking up the the oil that's in the pan and that's catching on fire. You put water in the pan, it sits underneath the water, lifts the oil up and because the oil and the pan are hot, water boils, more flame. Yeah, you get an immensely volatile reaction. It's the Mm. same as if you ever make the mistake of putting something into a deep fryer that's got a little bit of icing on it. <laughs> like if it's iced up slightly and you didn't notice mm-hmm. and you drop it into a deep fryer, you are going to very quickly notice the level of your oil rise. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. Yeah. And so th- those are things you want to watch out for if you're choosing to cook with alcohol. Mm. But definitely have, it at the bare minimum, a tea towel handy. Um. And yeah, yeah, one one that's big enough to cover whatever pan you're cooking in. Yeah, or the other thing is just your pan lid. Yeah, and anything to snuff the flame out, really. Yeah. Or another pan, if you've got a, another pan handy, just like upend it and put it on top. <laughs> it'll yeah. it'll work. It's just to stop the the oxygen getting in there. Oh, all right. Enough about safety. We're all about having fun with a bit of cultural knowledge yes that's right i mean it's pretty culturally appropriate getting burnt in australia mm, well Th- yes. those those seat belts <laughs> turn into branding irons mm, in the middle of summer <laughs> yes they do oh man that reminds me of a uh speaking of cooking and summer it reminds me of a video that i see every year it's about an unconventional oven where a, a tv chef puts a lamb roast in a black car and then leaves it for an hour. And he uh, goes back and uh, takes it out and it's overcooked. Like a whole lamb roast is overcooked in an hour in a car in the summer. 
That's pretty impressive. Yeah. And the whole point the whole uh point of the video was to say don't leave kids or animals in the car because there'll be an overcooked lamb roast instead. Yeah, and of course, if you want to cook a lamb roast in your car, but you're in the US, <laughs> go to Phoenix <laughs> or or Florida. Yeah. Yeah. So somewhere hot. Hmm. Somewhere that's laughing in the face of nature. Vegas? By by being there. Uh, it's just the middle of a desert, yeah. yeah. I'd probably do it. Or t- yeah, Tempe, Arizona. Phoenix. Anyway, any anywhere in that like middle section where it's dry as fuck. Yeah, and <laughs> Sorry, and, dry it's where it's dry as. Yeah, and breaks 110 degrees Fahrenheit. So Ooh. you're looking around 42 degrees Celsius there, which that's hot. That's that's hot. I mean, we've in in far north Queensland, we break the 50 degrees Celsius mark. So that's mm. around the what, 140 20? Fahrenheit or something. So about 120 odd degrees Fahrenheit is 50 Celsius. So that's roughly what it's gotten to during heat waves in mm. what's known as the far north. Yeah. Down in our neck of the woods. Hmm. Hmm. But we have digressed. We, we've gone quite, off on a ra- quite immensely a from, rambling from tangent. We're talking about cooking. <laughs> yeah. So I guess if you were to leave your roast in the car with. <laughs> If you were With to go some outside, wine over the top of it. <laughs> if you were to go outside in summer, you might roast. <laughs> yeah, so if you put your roast in the car and you pop into the car every 20 minutes or so to baste it slightly in, <laughs> in some form of alcohol, you're going to end up with a tender, juicy roast that was cooked by nothing more than the heat of the sun. Mm. And it's going to be tender and juicy because of the alcohol. <laughs> yeah. I think I think that's it. I think that's it for the episode. We're we're going, we've gone a little haywire on on far too many tangents. Yes. Yeah. So if you liked what you heard, everyone, be sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. We are a good drop all about alcohol on your favorite podcast app. We're on uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play Music, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Podbean. Yeah. Yeah, you can also find us on the socials facebook and instagram where we do occasionally post stuff we swear (laughs) and you can find us there as a good drop podcast if you want to uh send us a message and help us post for us we would love some assistance in this matter because we're not especially social guys yes and of course we we do want to hear from you we'd love to hear what you thought of this episode previous episodes ideas for future episodes and if you want to contact us you can at a good drop at gmail.com and if you want to check out our quite large library of previous episodes you can jump on our website a good drop.com.au so what are we doing next week well next week we are getting blind again with pale <laughs> ale please don't say that you make us sound like uh, ir- irresponsible adults next week we're doing another blind taste test episode <laughs> about pale ale yeah it's gonna be fun I do enjoy these blinders because I love trying to guess what we're drinking yeah and this was an interesting one too mm. well, they're all interesting <laughs> yes they are all interesting if you've listened to any of our previous blind taste testers you know what you're in for you know what's going to be interesting there'll be mystery 
there'll be drama. It's it's the mystery that brings us back to Blind Taste Testers mm. every time. Absolutely. So, until next time, cheers. Cheers. <laughs>